Hey, Shalom, brothers and sisters. It's Amanda again. I pray that you all have had a blessed day and a restful evening so far. So I am coming on this evening to share a word with all of you, and it is going to be a word on intimacy again. Praise y'all that I have been able to um, record and publish uh, several episodes on the area of intimacy, and I just think that this is so important to share because we know that intimacy is a very important part of marriage, and I'm so thankful that I've been able to uh, do a series on it and just share some various uh, words on the area of intimacy. So this is what this episode is going to be this evening. Um, I'm going to be talking about, um, it's same topic, but two different things. The first half of the episode will be more for wives, as I just share some information that I came across in a book that I actually recommended in the Marriage Bed series. And the second part, will I will be talking about a position for lovemaking that I came across um, in the book, as well as just uh, while doing research. And I feel that this would be a really great um uh, position to share with all of you in terms of the information and why I feel it would be beneficial for just about any couple um, and for both husbands and wives. And yeah, I'm just going to be sharing uh, more about that in hopes that um, it will be helpful uh, for couples out there. So before I get started, I just kind of want to do um, a quick recap with um with uh, doing words of intimacy, because I actually had received an email some time back where um, someone had expressed to me that they felt that these episodes that I was um, recording and publishing in regards to intimacy was inappropriate, um, because I would go into, you know, a great amount of detail and things like that. So I did, um, I did talk about this briefly in one of the Marriage Bed episodes, I addressed it, and so I just want to say this one more time because um, this episode will be um, in detail. I will label it explicit as I have other um, episodes that I felt were detailed, Um, just in case I do have any young people listening. um, Hopefully, everybody following this podcast is an adult. Um, So with that being said, I just want to go ahead and, and say this. So number one, we're all adults. We're all adults, um, we're all mature, and, you know, again, intimacy, sex, um, God created uh, for the intent of marriage, and this is a marriage ministry. So for me to have a marriage ministry on a podcast and not talk about sex, not talk about lovemaking, um, would just be very strange. Um, It's such an important part of marriage, and I think that, you know, yeah, would would absolutely want me to talk about certain things in that area because again, the whole point of this ministry is to help husbands and wives, is to help them understand marriage his way, and is to help them understand different areas in their marriage. So for me not to talk about the area of intimacy, I think would be really silly and um, dishonoring. And I can't even begin to tell you that I have had several people reach out with their problem being in that area. 
So again, it's it's not uncommon to have problems in that area of marriage, sadly, and it shouldn't be an issue. You know, I was even talking about how sad is it that husbands and wives can't even talk to one another about sex, um, which is actually one of the pieces I'm going to be sharing from this book is about communication. Um, but I just think it's sad, and I know that it's because many of us, myself included, were taught by, you know, churches and false doctrines or even family and friends that, you know, sex is dirty and is not to be talked about and this and that. And a lot of that has to do with how our society and the world has treated sex. You know, it's it's become perverted. It's become cheapened. It's, you know, sex has actually become sinful because of what so many people are doing. Um, but we know that our creator, our father, um, created this for the intent of marriage. And it's a very beautiful gift. Um, and just in- incredible how the Father created something that is just so very intimate um, and also helps in reproducing and being a- able to have children. Um, I think it's just very beautiful. I really, really do. When, when you really like think about it, it's such a beautiful thing. Um, but yet our society and the world, the enemy, has taken it and has just completely just devalued it and changed it. And so many of us grew up believing that we were not to talk about it, that it's shameful, that it's, you know, dirty and things like that. Um, And so I understand that, you know, but it's time that we bring the truth and that we try to help as many people as we can to understand that, you know, sex is a gift from, from Yah. And when we're in a marriage, you know, ordained by him, it is some of the most beautiful experiences that we can ever have. Um, So again, if these episodes offend anybody or, you know, it makes you uncomfortable, you have a choice to not listen. You know, you you do not have to listen to this. Um, I do try to make sure that I... Um, state in the description of the episode what I'm talking about and I will label the episode explicit so if you see an e on the episode it's it means it's it's explicit it it goes into detail that may not be appropriate for everybody and I'm not doing it in any disrespectful or you know any derogatory way or borderline soft porn or anything like that that's why like there's even certain sections in this book intended for pleasure that I recommended in the marriage bed series I'm not even going to read a lot of what's in this book because people are probably going to take it as like soft porn you know like oh she's you know reading about positions and how to do this and that you know and so because I was going to share something uh, quite some time back and I was like nope I'm not going to because people are going to get offended or people are going to think, you know, I'm being, you know, weird or whatever, or, you know, so, um, all I can do is recommend the book. I really recommend this book, whether you are, you know, a little bit younger and you're preparing for marriage, um, or you're getting ready to step into your marriage and go into your honeymoon, uh, whether you've been married, you know, a year or two or several years or wherever you're at, I think every husband and wife can benefit from this book. For me, um, it was a it was kind of like chew the meat, spit out the bones. I didn't agree with everything in this book. However, I was able to glean a lot from this book. I've read it twice now, and it has just been a blessing. Um, really, really awesome. So, and, and there's no shame 
there's no shame in it. Um, you know, it, it's, I think it's wise for us to gain knowledge that we need. Um, so, but yeah, I just wanted to start off by saying that because I know that there's a couple of people out there that aren't always going to be happy about these, ep- these kinds of episodes, but, and I say it because in this episode, I'm going to go into some detail, uh, especially in the second half when I talk about um, a position for lovemaking that I want to recommend for everybody. <laughs> so anyways, um, let me go ahead and get started. So again, I'm going to be reading from the book Intended for Pleasure by Ed Wheat and his wife. And again, I recommended this book in one of the Marriage Bed episodes. And I'm going to read, I came across something that I thought would be great for other wives to hear. Um, some of it has to do with communication, which I think is vital, um, not just for wives, but husbands too. And then um, I'm going to be reading about our attitudes as wives towards our husbands when it comes to lovemaking. So I've had sisters ask me, you know, what do I do when I'm upset with my husband and don't feel much like, you know, uh, making love or, you know, he has said something that's hurt me or, you know, because the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes wives and husbands have different views of sex. You know, um, husbands generally have a tendency to wanting and desiring lovemaking a little bit more than women. Now, it's not always true and it's not, not all women are the same. There are some women that do desire it just as much as men. They have a high libido. But a lot of women, unfortunately, do not have a high libido and many have trouble even achieving orgasm. Um, and this is something that I'll talk a little bit more about later. This is why I'm going to recommend this position. But um, for women too, we also have a tendency of attaching emotions and feelings to lovemaking, which lovemaking should be about those things. Husbands kind of have a tendency to not always connect those more sensitive things to sex. You know, which is why I think men have a capability of being able to sleep around without attachments than women can. Because women attach feelings and emotions to sex. Like, if if you have sex, like, it's a huge thing. Like, you must be in love. You must be that. Uh, men have this ability, I don't know why, where they don't attach those kinds of things to sex. Now, obviously, when I say that, I'm referring to a man maybe sleeping with a woman that they really don't have feelings for. It was just really more of a straight up pleasure thing. Um, lovemaking, obviously, is a completely different story. But I'm just saying, as an example, that men were, for some reason, created with the ability to be able to not really attach feelings all the time um, or emotions or I, I don't know. Hopefully I'm making sense. So the reason why I'm saying that is because because we women are like that, sometimes we don't always feel like being intimate with our husbands because maybe maybe they forgot, I don't know, our anniversary, right? Um, or they said something, you know, meant as a joke, but it hurt us and they didn't apologize. Or, um, you know, I mean, it could be minor, it can be major. And so we won't really much feel like making love to, to whereas for a husband, it's not that big of a deal. You know, maybe you could have said something to upset him, but then later on the day or by evening time, you're like, hey, you know, let's 
let's do this. And husband is like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) And they just completely forgot all about like what made him mad earlier. You know what I mean? So like husbands are not as like emotionally like, you know, she said this to hurt me. So I really don't, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying men don't have that capability of feeling that way as well. They do. It's just for some reason, women are more, um, attached to that than men are. I don't know if I'm making sense. Men and women think differently, period. (laughs) Men have a tendency to compartmentalize everything. You know, they think of everything one at a time. They don't really connect like everything together. Whereas women, we, we multitask a lot more. We connect things a lot more. Yeah. Um, so anyways, when it comes to lovemaking, you know, sometimes, and I, and I've had sisters come to me, what do I do if I'm upset or I'm just, I'm really tired. I'm really burnt out because men could be like burnt out. Okay. Worked all day long. They're exhausted. And unless they've passed out more than likely, if you were to initiate sex with them, they're for it, no matter how tired they are. (laughs) Uh, women on the other hand is a little bit different, you know? And again, the other thing too, is that women take a lot longer or require more stimulation and, you know, quote unquote, warming up um, than men. You know, men, they get aroused, they have an erection, they're ready to go. Uh, women, it, it takes a little bit more of a process, okay? Which is why I say, because I've had people ask me this, is foreplay okay? As believers, you know, things like that, is foreplay okay? Is oral okay? And I have said yes and yes. Um, it's, it's really needed and it's how every lovemaking should begin is foreplay. Um, and this book actually gives some really great ideas, uh, just off top of my head from what I've read. And so that I don't go into as much detail as the book did, but there's a one for men where women wives, you can help your husbands, um, like say they have, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe they, they come too quickly, um, you can help your husbands with that, but at the same time, kind of make it into foreplay and just help them with that. Um, there's one for wives where um, the husband takes his time in exploring the wife's body and, you know, just helping her to to feel and have these sensations and warming up to the actual act itself. So again, if you don't have this book, I really highly recommend that you buy it. Um, again, there's a lot of great information in there that, you know, I don't want to share or read because again of what I said earlier, but I think that it would be beneficial. So, but anyways, going back to the point that I was trying to make. So again, men and women approach lovemaking differently a lot of the times. And so for wives, sometimes it can be really hard. Um, Maybe you're not feeling attractive because you've had a few children or you're very tired. Um, you know, you just don't look or feel great, maybe. Um, you know, or again, maybe he's he has said or done something that's hurt you. It hasn't maybe been resolved yet. Um, you, you know, just a whole plethora of things. And so you don't really feel like making love. And so I just kind of want to share uh, from this book real quick. The first part is talking about communication, which again, is so vital in the area of intimacy. I think it's crazy that husbands and wives don't talk to each other about sex. I, it's just it's crazy to me. Um, and I think really foolish and I, but well, I guess maybe I should be a little more understanding about that. Maybe some people feel that way because of maybe things that have happened in the past or, you know, I know there, there can be things there that that's why that's happening. But, 
Uh, husbands and wives should be talking to each other about sex, period. Um, and then I'm also going to share about attitudes um, and actions with this. So let me go ahead and jump in because I want to be able to share all the information I have for you all this evening. Okay, so it says that, um, and again, this is the author's wife that wrote this. She's the one that's speaking here. So it says, it is very important that you consider communication. Sex without communication has little to, com to commend it. Your communication may be of the nonverbal kind during the lovemaking process itself. Perhaps you have learned to do what maybe some people have suggested, suggested to put your hand lovingly over your husband's and show him where you want stimulation. And if he is too rough or too gentle, to show him again with your hand over his. There are ways of telling him when you are ready for intercourse without saying a word. But even before you make love, you may need to communicate your needs to your husband, frankly and clearly. He may have needs to tell you about as well. If you want to reach orgasm and are not doing so, ask him to give the manual stimulation that will bring you to orgasm. It is amazing how silent we women are on something as important as the sex act in marriage. We wish in silence, or we suffer in silence, or we hope that this time he will be different that this time he will think of doing that which we long for him to do. So why not just tell him? While we are speaking of communication, let me caution you about one thing that is better left uncommunicated. Some wives, out of a desire to please their husband, or for other reasons, have pretended for years that they are wildly enjoying lovemaking, when really they never even reach orgasm. Now, with all the talk in magazine articles about attaining orgasm, they realized that they could have, have it after all, if only their husbands knew what to do. But the poor men think that they have been doing it all these years. Some women, in an attempt at honesty, finally tell their husbands they have been faking a response. The results of this can be almost disastrous. We have known husbands whose egos were crushed by this revelation. Realizing, realizing that the wife has been living a lie, a husband may well wonder what other areas of the relationship have been dishonest as well. Wives, please, I'm, I'm saying this, not the author. Please never lie to your husband about something like that. That's just, it's not good to do. All right, if you have painted yourself into a corner by pretense, you'll have to work yourself out of it with wisdom and a lot of prayer. Make some graceful suggestions to your husband concerning techniques you've read about that maybe you would like to try, but without any hint of criticism implying that he has failed to arouse or satisfy you all this time. As these techniques are tried, you may find pretense becoming a wonderful reality. All right, so I want to share that because, again, communication is key, and I also want to share why please don't ever lie to your husband about those types of things. Just it's not good. Not not good at all. All right, so let's talk about attitudes and actions real quick. So after evaluation time and communication is over, actions should begin. You may feel, as some women have expressed to me, that even though you know your attitudes are not right, you just can't change them. The woman who says she can't, can't. She is already committed to failure. On the other hand, the woman who has the enabling power of Elohim within her can change. So how does it happen? By turning your attitude over to Yahuwah and then beginning and then beginning to be and say and do what you know is right. Realize that as you please your husband, you are both obeying and pleasing Yahuwah. Let it be a love offering to both. Yahuwah will not make you do anything, and he will not change you without your cooperation. You are not a robot or a puppet on a string. But if you know the attitude you should have, then you have to say, Okay, 
With Elohim's strength operating in me, I'm going to be different. And then begin to do it. How does a woman quit biting her nails? Not by saying, I can't, but by quitting. The principle is the same in changing your attitudes towards love, sex, marriage, and your husband. There are a number of things you might consider to make sex more enjoyable for both of you. First, let me suggest the tool of anticipation, particularly if you have had some faulty attitudes concerning um, the sex experience. A period of romantic anticipation for sex, building up all day and ending happily in bed, can very much enhance the love relationship. Your husband has the opportunity to stir your interest and increase his own anticipation. For example, if he gives you a very meaningful kiss when he leaves for work and then phones you sometimes during the day or sometime during the day just because he's think of, thinking of you or missing you, which I think is so sweet, <laughs> um, the stage is being set for responsive welcome to his lovemaking after the children have been put to bed. If your husband does not yet know that response is greatly influenced by prelim preliminary courtship, perhaps that is one of the things you will need to communicate to him, along with mental anticipation. Make some definite plans to take care of meals, children, and responsibilities so that you will have uninterrupted time to spend with your husband at the end of the day. Listen, wives, I have to say this real quick. I cannot stress this enough. I know that probably at the end of the day, you're exhausted, you haven't taken care of the home, kids, you know, whatever season of life, whatever that that looks like for you. And your husband is, I'm sure, tired as well when he gets home. But there is nothing more important than doing the very best that you can to giving your husband your uninvited, um, undivided, sorry, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so tongue-tied this evening, to giving your husband the attention that he needs. Now, again, it depends on the ages of the children. If, if, for example, you have an infant that is feeding every two to three hours, you know, these things you can't just put off, right? Um, so you do your best and your husband will see that and really appreciate that. But wives, it is so important. You know, your husband's been out all day long. Uh, you know, who knows what kind of day he's had. He's coming home to the one person he loves and trusts and is close to. Um, and maybe he wants to talk about his day, maybe vent, maybe just have that attention. You know, we all need that. There's nothing wrong with him wanting or needing that either. Um, but wives, so very important. No matter how tired you are, even if you're in the middle of still trying to get dinner together, or, you know, you're running after two littles or something like that, try to do your best to give your husband the attention that he needs. And, you know, definitely make sure you greet him um, and things like that. So, all right, let me finish reading. So the best way to change your attitude about sex is to start thinking and acting positively. For better feelings, always follow correct action. If your problem is that it takes you so long to get aroused, then start anticipating early in the day. Begin concentrating on the thought that sex with your husband is pleasant. Later, when lovemaking occurs, keep thinking, this is pleasing to my body. This is pleasing to me. This is what God created for me. I want to please my husband. This is going to be a happy experience, and I'm going to feel sensations that are pleasant and wonderful. So those are examples that the author gives. She says, this will greatly help you unless your husband just does not provide any wonderful sensations. In that case, she says, offer him this book to read so that he can learn how to pleasure his wife. So I chuckle, but it's true. Um, this book really does have some uh, great things that you can glean from and really help both husband and wife no matter where you're at. So so yeah, definitely. If, if you can, definitely invest in this book. It's, it's worth having.
Okay, so if you want to be able to enjoy sex for what you receive from it as well as for what it does for your husband, you are going to have to take the responsibility for your own sexual pleasure and not hesitate to communicate your needs to your husband. Okay, husbands likewise do the same. You are going to have to be very open with him if you hope to develop uh, the relationship that will give you the most pleasurable sex. Both of you need to establish that rejection of a particular form of love play is not rejection of the person, only the action. Each of you must be willing to give and to receive suggestions to, to increase excitement. We women do not hesitate to communicate our need for, for example, a new dress or a new carpet. But when it comes to our sexual needs, we seem to clam up. Do not ever think a problem is too small or insignificant to be discussed. While in the process of lovemaking, concentration is most important. Even though you have been building anticipation and practicing um, new attitudes, you will find that you can be easily distracted and then have to start all over again in seeking arousal. You cannot allow yourself to lie there thinking about the problem of the day or about the fact that you forgot to take out, you know, for example, the meat out of the freezer. Um, You need to keep your mind and body working together. Concentrate on whatever will arouse your desire. Think of the joy you are experiencing as you and your husband possess each other. Be active and not passive, and you will enjoy lovemaking more. If you are active, your attention is less likely to wander. Do not be afraid to caress your husband while he is caressing you. When you abandon yourself to pursuing release, you will become more aware of your sensations, and your body will automatically begin to move about to help increase stimulation. By the way, have you ever initiated sex? Almost every husband finds this an exciting development. The occasional husband who feels threatened by it is often one who fears his own sexual inadequacy. Without saying one word, you can let your husband know that you think he is wonderful and that you find him physically attractive and desirable. I have definitely talked about this before. Wives, initiate lovemaking with your husband. Let him know how handsome he is to you. Let him know how sexy he is to you. Let him know that you want him. I mean, like, honestly, there's nothing wrong. It's not unladylike. It's not being too for, it's your husband, (laughs) you know, like there is nothing wrong. And, And in fact, I highly encourage it. Men, husbands do not always have to be the ones to initiate the lovemaking and they shouldn't have to. You know, husbands want to know that they're wanted and desired as well. You know what I mean? You know, wives, there's nothing wrong with while your husband, well, maybe not too much (laughs) to where he can't focus on work, but there's nothing wrong with sending him a text like, hey, I can't wait to see you tonight when you get home or whenever he gets home, you know, or hey, thinking of you, you're just, you're so handsome, you know, or, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe what I'm saying is corny, but you know, let them know, you know, I can't, you know, wait to be in your arms or, you know, I mean, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, but the thing is, let him know, even when he's not around you, let him know how much you love him, how much you desire him, you know, and and like the author was saying, build up that anticipation throughout the day. You know, I mean, I don't know, like, I think, how great would that be to build up that anticipation from the time that you see each other in the morning, your husband goes off to work, right? maybe send some texts back and forth, maybe talk to each other real quick on a lunch break um, and just kind of build that anticipation that by the time your husband gets home and if, you know, of course, time and, and circumstances allow, you guys are ready to hit that bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because you, you've been thinking about it all day. You've been building up that anticipation. That makes for a really incredible night of sex. So 
Give it a try if you haven't. <laughs> you will not be sorry. Okay, so where did I leave off at? Okay, so perhaps there has been a difference of opinion on what frequency of intercourse is desirable. So whatever the two of you together prefer certainly is normal for your marriage. If you think your husband seems to require sex a lot more than you do, ponder this illustration for a moment. If you were in the desert and you were thirsty, you would think about a glass of water, wouldn't you? But if you're standing by the refrigerator and there's an opportunity to push a button and get a glass of ice cold water, and you know that you can push the button and get it any time you want to, the need for a drink is not nearly so urgent. Maybe the reason your husband seems uh, never to think of anything besides sex is that he's in the desert and he's thirsty. <laughs> Wives, if your husband is like constantly, and, and again, I know I said earlier that men's sex drives are a little bit higher than maybe most women's. But if your husband is constantly like bringing it up and, and, and talking about it and initiating it, he needs it. He needs sex. <laughs> like women need it too. But listen, your husbands need it. You know, even scripture talks about this. That's why Paul says, if you abstain from one another, like, like for example, whether it's because you both agree for prayer and fasting, right? Or maybe one of you is ill, or maybe your husband has to go on a business trip for his job or something. You're away, from, you're apart from each other for, let's say, three days. Even Paul says, it's important that after whatever that that is, that separated the two of you, you come back together again so that there's no temptation, so that Satan cannot come in and try to, you know, uh, cause or wreak havoc in that area, right? It's so important. Why? Because men, like we both, men and women, need that fulfillment, but husbands even more. Wives, if your husband's is constantly like, he's thirsty, <laughs> like he's he's in the desert, he's like, hey, I need a drink, <laughs> like, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with your man because he wants you, like. And I don't understand why wives feel like men are being dogs or men are being like, you know, of course they use it the wrong way, you know, and they're going woman after woman after woman, you know, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about in a marriage, the man has a right to desire his wife and to have his wife. Remember, even scripture says that when we marry, our bodies do not belong to ourselves. Our bodies belong to our spouse. Now, as I've explained so many times in my podcast, that does not mean we abuse that and misuse that. But. I, I, I'm saying that because this is where this applies, right? So, I mean, if your man is like constantly like, hey, you know, like he's letting you know, like I'm I'm dry, like <laughs> I need water. Um, so yeah, <laughs> hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Okay. I'm I'm not I'm not trying to be childish or laugh because it's silly. I just I don't know. All right, anyways. So she goes on to say, and this is the part that I really wanted to share with wives. It says, sometimes you will be very tired and feeling, um, you know, not feeling very sexy, but your husband will approach you with desire. Now, secular therapists say a wife should be able to say, sorry, but I'm just not in the mood tonight. But my own opinion as a believer and as a wife is that we can depend on Yahuwah to give us the strength and ability to be as warm and responsive as our husband desires, no matter how tired we are. As we commit this in prayer, trusting in Yahuwah to give us the strength to meet our husband's needs, we often find not only that we can do it, but that we enjoy the experience as well. The heart of the matter is attitude. Please do not be like the lady who told me grimly, I have never refused him. And yet it was obvious that the refusal was there in her heart and even in her voice. 
If you find rebellion rising within because of counsel that seems to stress, submission to your husband, and thus goes against your natural inclination. Remember that submission to our Elohim and to our husband is a supernatural work, the result of our own choice of action plus Elohim's power. Psalm 48 says, I delight to do thy will, O my Elohim. And this is the point a wife must reach. Submission is always done by you and not to you. Ritual can become a hindrance to sexual enjoyment. If you and your husband have been having sex always at the same time in exactly the same routine, try a different time and a different approach. As a wife who usually schedules the activities for the family, you can plan times when you and your husband will be rested and ready for each other. Your husband needs energy for a good sexual relationship and you can sometimes and you can sometimes protect him from the exhaustion that comes from adding social activities on top of his daily workload. So that's why I was also saying in the marriage bed series that there's nothing wrong with believing couples, or Christian couples, whatever you want to call it, to try different positions to incorporate foreplay or oral sex and things like that. I don't think, honestly, let's just stop for a moment and think how detailed and incredible that Yahuwah made the male body and the female body, okay? Like, he's just so infinite in his wisdom. And think about sex for a moment, okay? Like, do we really think that Yahuwah wants husbands and wives to have the same kind of sex every single time. To not be able to explore each other's bodies, things like that. Like, the reason why I say this is because I have heard of so many pastors, leaders, churches, uh, certain denominations literally tell people oral sex is a sin, different positions is a sin. You know, like, you're not even supposed to talk about it. You're not supposed to do this, that, and the next thing. And it's like, where is this even coming from? And the thing about it is, is that the scriptures themselves are silent about a lot of these things. Um, You know, scripture doesn't even really talk about, like, for example, masturbation. I've had people ask me about that. And that's been a tough subject because I've had to pray about that. Um, Because it's not mentioned in the Torah. Paul doesn't mention it. You know, I mean, what's mentioned is homosexuality, bestiality, you know, uh, things like that, incest, you know, but it doesn't mention certain things. But when I read books like Song of Solomon, which if you haven't read that book, read it. Very romantic. Great book. Maybe I'll read it sometime on the podcast. Um, That's all about a husband and wife exploring one another. You know, like how can can honestly we think that our father, (laughs) the creator of these of these wonderful gifts expects us to just have the same vanilla sex (laughs) every single time? No, again, I don't, I I made an episode just a few days ago where I talked about, you know, sex toys, foreplay, um, you know, certain positions, certain things that, yes, obviously we need to stay away from because scripture's clear on. So no third party, no porn, um, no anything that has to do with, you know, the rear end um, or that time of the month for women because scripture is clear about those things being unclean. You know, third party is just not a good idea because it's a form of adultery. You know, porn, that opens up so many things, right? So it, it's basically adultery as well. So, you know, there are things that scripture's clear on. And, um, you know, so those are things that, that we should 
you know, steer clear from um, in the area of intimacy. But I think that when it comes to foreplay and positions um, and just things like that, I think that Yah intends for us to be able to explore um, our spouse's bodies and to be able to just find um, what works best for us or enjoy you know, the different different ways that we can make love to our spouses. You know what I mean? Um, um, I, I had even heard of some people say that, you know, women shouldn't ever be on top of their husband because it's dominating them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess in a, in a sense, I can understand maybe why they might think that, but it's just a wife making love to her husband. I don't, I don't see why that would be... Um, sinful or you know dominating her husband now i know that that can be a thing in sex um i know there's a lot of crazy fetishes and things like that out there again all i can do is encourage i mean you know use common sense read the scriptures and of course pray about it and i know people are like oh do i really pray to yah about sex and this and that yes he created it (laughs) um and here's the thing brothers and sisters he wants husbands and wives to enjoy the gift of intimacy. He wants husbands and wives to be fulfilled in that area. He wants good things for us. So yes, pray about these things. If you're in doubt, if you have any questions, if you are not sure, pray about these things. You know, I've said this many times before when I have talked about this topic of intimacy, pray about it. There's nothing wrong with praying about it and going to the one that's created it. Okay? All right, so I want to um, first make mention about something that I had a, um, someone asked me a question about, and I actually mentioned anniversary a little bit ago. Somebody asked me, is it okay to celebrate, uh, you know, marriage anniversaries? Um, You know, this is something I've been praying about a lot. Uh, Most of you by now know I don't keep the, you know, man-made holidays. I don't keep Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter, Valentine's. Halloween. I don't keep any of those holidays uh, because they are rooted in paganism. I do keep Yas feast days, Yas seven feast days. Um, but I've had I've had people ask me about wedding anniversaries or marriage anniversaries um, and things like that. And so this is something I'm still praying about and seeking guidance. Um, but so far, anniversaries, birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day. I don't really see how those are rooted in paganism yet. Um, I think if anything, there's nothing wrong with giving thanks and being thankful for your spouse or for your children that were born to you or honoring your mother and father, although we're supposed to do that every day. It's it's one of the Ten Commandments. Um, I haven't had a conviction that, that we should not be keeping those. Um, this year, I did not celebrate Mother's Day or Father's Day. Um, birthdays, you know, it, we don't do like, you know, cake and candles and things like that, you know, maybe a gift and just, you know, pray and and thank you all for this life, you know, whether it's, you know, one of the kids or, you know, something like that or your spouse or whatever. Um, and anniversaries, I don't see anything wrong with celebrating the day that you and your spouse came together and maybe getting each other a gift, maybe have a nice little, uh, romantic dinner, or maybe, you know, go out or get, a, you know, get away or, 
you know, whatever. Um, I really don't see anything wrong with that. I really don't. Um, so in the meantime, I don't feel that that's a bad thing necessarily. Uh, again, it's something I'm still seeking the father about. Um, but for now, I don't, I don't really see anything wrong with it. So I just wanted to throw that in there since I mentioned anniversary earlier. So, all right, I want to get into the last part of this message. And this is a uh, position for lovemaking that I want to share. I was doing some research and I came across, I actually had never heard of this position before. It's crazy because it's not like one of those crazy out there kinky positions because there's like a ton of positions out there. Um, I did recently refer to positions um, that I was like, hey, give this a try. These are really intimate positions and I still stand by it. Um, Any positions that are side by side is incredibly romantic and passionate Um, And then I also recommended a position called the Lotus. Um, Again, look these positions up (laughs) so you can kind of see, especially if you're more of a visual person, they kind of give you like, no, it's not porn, (laughs) but they kind of give you like this drawing, just give me an example of what the position looks like so you know what you're doing. And then they explain it. So I just recommend you to do that because I can't, like, I don't even know if I'm going to explain this position very well or not. I actually took notes because I wanted to make sure I got this right. But the Lotus and the Tango, the side-by-side, definitely give it a try if you haven't. Um, That will really help spice things up. And I mean, there's a lot of positions out there um, that are very uh, intimate and passionate and romantic. But this one I want to share because there's there's benefits to this position for both the husband and the wife. So um, it's called the, so it's going to sound very mechanical and very technical, and it's not going to sound very romantic at all. But I promise you, this is actually, after I, I looked up this position and was reading about it, um, it is actually an extremely, extremely intimate and passionate um like incredible position that you and your spouse could do. Um, And again, it benefits both the husband and wife in different ways. So it's called the coital, I think, C-O-I-T-A-L. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, So the coital alignment technique or CAT, C-A-T. So this position is a variation of the the missionary position. So everybody's familiar with the missionary position. That's like the position that a lot of people go to. It's even what people would call quote-unquote vanilla. Um, So it's a variation of the missionary position. So it's penetrative sex, but instead of the husband thrusting in and out, he actually is going to be moving up and down against his wife. So less thrusting or no thrusting and more rocking and grinding. So the way that this position, again, I'm not good at describing these things, y'all, so bear with me. Again, look it up. <laughs> That's all. Look it up because I, I may not explain this very well. And again, I was trying to do this in a way that people won't find it to be inappropriate, but there's really no other way. So it would start by the husband would, you know, enter slowly and gently Um, And then aligning his body with his wife's body, but just a little bit higher. So kind of like what you would call like riding high. And this this will actually be easier, especially if maybe the husband is taller than the wife. Um, This will be a little bit easier, but you'll get it. You'll be able to align your bodies. So 
Um, once in alignment, the husband can gently and safely lower himself onto his wife. Um, the wife will then wrap her legs around her husband's waist and place her feet on um, her husband's calves. So the sexual movement is focused in the area of the pelvises of both the husband and the wife without any leverage from arms and legs. And the lovemaking in this position should go at a slow and controlled pace. So again, this is a very passionate and intimate position. So basically, and hopefully the way I explained it, y'all are getting the picture. Um, you know, the husband is on top of the wife. Like, you know, there are some variations of missionary position where, um, or maybe it's not even considered missionary, but you know, the wife is laying on her back and the husband is, you know, kneeling over her or is above her, but is holding himself with his hands or his elbows. You know, he's not completely, his body's not completely on hers. With this position, his, the husband's body is on the wife's body. So you two are like, you're there, like you're, you're close together. Like it's the closest you two are ever going to be. Um, so that's what makes it a really just intimate and passionate position. So you're close to one another. I mean, you're like cheek to cheek. Um, there can be a lot of eye contact, a lot of kissing. I mean, uh, you know, even though his, his whole body is on the wife, but you know, he can have his arms, you know, wrapped around her. And likewise, she can have, you know, her arms wrapped around him. I mean, it's just a very intense, passionate position. And so the thing about this position, the reason why it's, it's little to no thrusting and just more of a rocking and grinding motion. The idea is that, again, remember I was saying earlier that wives can have a hard time being stimulated, but where they receive a lot of stimulation is the clitoris or clitoris. I can never pronounce that correctly, but y'all know what I'm saying. Um, and so even though the husband is inside of his wife, but he's not thrusting, he's more of, you know, kind of like the motion of the ocean type of thing. Um, so she's getting double stimulation. I mean, and you can incorporate if you want a little bit of, of thrusting, but it's not meant to. The, the motion of the going up and down versus in and out is what helps the wife the most. So the benefits of this position, again, it's it's beneficial for both husband and wife. So this position is highly recommended, especially if it's your first time making love. If it's your first time making love, it's it's like the best position to do. Um, again, it's very intimate. It's, you know, again, you're, you're kind of going at a more slower, steadier pace, a little more controlled. Um, it, it's, it's just going to be a great first position for those that are coming together for the very first time. Um, again, it gives that stimulation for the wife in the, the clitoris area or the clitoris area. Um, for husbands, it can actually help a husband who may suffer from uh, erectile dysfunction or for the husband who climaxes too quickly, maybe he ejaculates too soon. So when you're going at a slower pace, he won't be so quick to climax. Okay. So it'll help the husband last longer and it will help the wife to achieve her orgasm. And then another benefit of this position is if a woman, a wife experiences pain during, um, you know, intimacy, um, this position is great because the husband is not thrusting in and out. So therefore, um, there's, there's less pain or there's no pain because there's no thrusting or deep thrusting. 
So it's just beneficial for both husband and wife. But again, this is a very, like, again, I encourage you all to, um, you know, look it up when you have time. If, if you feel led, like maybe you feel like this would be good for you and your spouse. Um, I've actually, like, I started seeing things about this position, like all over the place and mainly in marriage ministries and believers talking about this, those that are, you know, sharing about intimacy and things like that. They're saying like, this is the position to go to and to try. Um, so I was like, okay, I've never heard of this position before. <laughs> um, and so when I looked it up and I started reading about it, and again, it's also in the book, which is where I first saw it. Um, the book intended for pleasure, I was like, okay. And at first when I was reading it, I didn't quite understand it. So I'm, I'm a more visual person. <laughs> Sometimes I need things drawn out or something like that. So I can like understand how they're explaining it to me. Cause otherwise it just, it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, of course I usually try to stay away from images like that, but sometimes you just, you got to see it, <laughs> you know, to really understand it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, once I started reading about it and understanding the benefits and how it really does help a husband and wife. Um, and then, you know, just kind of seeing an image, you know, a drawing, um, of, of how it goes. Um, I'm just like, okay, this is a very intimate, a very, very intimate position. Like this is something that like, I recommend all couples to try if you haven't. And again, it's beneficial for both husband and wife. So it's going to be a longer lovemaking session. Again, it's going to help the husband to last longer. If the husband struggles with erectile dysfunction, it's going to help him with that. It's going to help the, the, the wife uh, uh, be stimulated uh, in two different ways and help her to really achieve an orgasm as well. It's, you know, going to be, I mean, lovemaking. I mean, it's going to be slow. It's going to be very passion, you know, passionate, um, and just you're very close to one another, you know, like your husband is literally not on top of you uncomfortably, you know, he's not like pressing his weight um, down onto you, but he's on top of you, like your bodies are completely meshed together, it's the best way I could put it, probably not the most attractive word, but best way that I could put it, um, and the motion, it's, it's, it's more of a rocking and grinding, so it, it's just, it's better all the way around, you know. Now, some people prefer thrusting that sensation, and that's fine too. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but again, this this position, I highly, highly, highly recommend for every couple to try at least one time. And, and just see what you think and see if it was beneficial for either you or your spouse or for both of you. Um, again, when I just learned about it, I, I just thought, wow, this is a really awesome position, no matter where you're at in your marriage, whether it's your very first time coming together, um, whether you've been together for several years, um, or maybe you're facing new and different, you know, issues that have come up in the area of intimacy. Again, maybe the wife is having a hard time achieving orgasm. Maybe the husband is, you know, um, ejaculating too soon, too quickly, or maybe he's having a you know a problem as well, such as erectile dysfunction. I don't know, um, but the thing is, this position can help with a lot of those things. Um, if a wife experiences uh, pain with with thrusting or deep thrusting during intercourse, um, this position will not cause her that kind of pain. I mean, 
again, it, it's just, you know, and again, I know there's a lot of positions out there. I know there's a lot of crazy things out there, but I really, really would encourage couples to try this at least once and see what you think. So, um, you know, especially if you are a very romantic couple and you're all about that lovemaking, um, I think that's really going to be a beautiful experience for for both spouses. So I wanted to share that. Again, look it up. I probably didn't do a very good job of explaining it. <laughs> um, you know, and I I give all praise and glory to y'all because honestly, I'm not a shy person anymore. I used to be. And, you know, if I was still that same person, it would be so hard for me to discuss half of these things. Just because, again, it's it's detailed. Um, but as I stated earlier, or at the beginning of this episode, you know, it's important. It's a very important part of marriage. And for me to have a marriage ministry and not talk about that area, I mean, and at some point you have to go into detail. You know, you can't just skip over things or beat around the bush or, you know... Um, Again, there there were so many other things that I wanted to share just out of this book I recommended, but I'm like, I better not because it's um it's explicit again in a respectful way. But I'm just like, I can't read those things for whoever to hear and you know, people be offended or whatever. So um but again, I know I said this like five times already, but I really highly, highly recommend this book, Intended for Pleasure by Ed Wheat. Um yeah, or if you you know somebody's getting ready to get married, you know, um, or maybe they have confided in you, they're having some issues. I mean, yeah, I would even recommend to get give somebody this book. Uh, for me, it was you know chew the, chew the meat, spit out the bones. I didn't agree with everything in this book, but I was able to take so much from this book, and um, it's just been super helpful. And I know that it will be a blessing to many other couples as well. So again, you can find it on Amazon or really any book, bookstore, book website. It is not too expensive. I can't remember how much this book was. Um, I know it wasn't that much though. So um, anyways, if you have any questions or anything like that, or uh, something you need to talk about, counsel, whatnot, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, with the ministry email and I would be happy to help you in that area so okay I believe that wraps up um, uh, intimacy for now <laughs> I don't think there's anything else that I needed to share or feel led to share um, if there is I will definitely come on and share again I don't know about the future of the podcast at the moment um, I have been releasing quite a few words in the past uh few days really <laughs> I had a break there for a little bit and then I was um, releasing some words there but um, honestly I don't know I don't know if I'll be back on or not with a word um, again it's been a crazy month trying to figure out where we're gonna go <laughs> where we're heading to next uh, waiting for Yah to answer and open whatever doors that um, he's gonna open and just seeing what's going to happen. So in a huge transition right now. And um, that's why I keep saying that I'm probably going to put the podcast off for now, because I have no idea what's going to happen. But praise Yah, he's been leading me to share certain things. And so I will continue to do that. So I'm not going to say goodbye for now, or I'll, that I'll see you next time, because I don't know what's going to happen from here to tomorrow. So um, I just hope and pray that y'all are enjoying the uh, 
the episodes that I have recorded and published. I pray that they've been a blessing for you and source of encouragement. Again, feel free to email me um, with any questions or anything like that that you may have. And yeah, I hope that this episode was helpful and I hope that you all enjoy it. And thanks for bearing with me, y'all. And I appreciate the support. So I love you all so much. I pray you have a blessed rest of your evening and a blessed rest of your week. And I will talk to you all as soon as I can. And thank you for your prayers and your support and your continued prayers. They mean so much to me. And I really appreciate it. All right, y'all. Shalom.